Okay, that should be just about go for me. And thank you so much for everybody coming out to the Valentine's show. I very much appreciate it. Uh, this is your chance to spoil me, to let me know that you appreciate all the hard work that I have been doing for the last four months now. Uh, by the time you hear this on the podcast, it will be about four straight months of work, uh, beginning up in early November and continuing through till today. Uh, I, I feel really, really good about it. Uh, my health is good, and everything is great along there. Now, unfortunately, before we get into the rest of it, I do have to do some housekeeping, uh, and that is that I have to I have to talk a little bit, unfortunately, uh, about the the difficult situation that I'm in with this podcast, uh, and uh, and and where everything is right now. And the short answer is I can't pay my bills. Um, I can't make enough money consistently to move out of this place and to get everything going. Uh, I can comfortably pay everything I have now. I can comfortably save up a little bit of money. But insofar as long-term plans and everything I'm doing, I can't pay my bills. And when I started this project, I made a commitment to you guys that this stuff was going to be free. Uh, I was going to be putting it out there. And I have held to that for years now through uh, ups and downs. Um, but I may not be able to continue to do that. The simple truth of the matter is that I assumed, and I've asked for, and, and, and I've directly said, that the way that the podcast pays me and that the way that the podcast can remain uh, free and I can keep spending so much time on it is if you guys spread the message, right? It's free. So it has to it has to grow, it has to keep moving, it has to uh, be a vehicle that advertises me effectively to to keep being free. Um, the ads that I can put on it are simply just not enough, especially for the audience that I have. So I can't just put that on there, and even if I did, that doesn't really solve any of my long term problems. What I need. And I, and I need it, is to, is to have the word spread. Uh, I'm just going to level with you guys. Valentine's Day was a pretty rough day because on one hand, I got a lot of praise and I got a lot of people saying how amazing they thought I was doing, how amazing all the new work was, uh, etc. And on the other hand, literally less than a third as many people took the time to promote the podcast as to send me a message. So I'm broke on Valentine's Day, and literally the thing that could help me not be broke every Valentine's Day or all the time is kind of, in my mind, like just not doing it, almost refusing. I, I, I've asked, please share. Please put the notes in. It's not about the money. It's not about you sending in a tip. This isn't about guilting you into that, but that is what keeps everything going, and that's what keeps everything free, is you guys sharing it, getting the word out, and what have you. Um, <clears throat> and I, literally, my income is less now, my stable income, when I'm not doing the podcast, is less now than it was a year ago. My income for the last four months has 
continue to drop. So if you're saying, I think your work is great, never stop, in the last four months, while literally my income has been consistently dropping, I don't know what to tell you, besides, ouch, it hurts, it stinks. And I gave everything I had to that Valentine's Day episode. That was not just a double episode in length. Uh, the pieces that I wrote were extremely intensive. They required lots of additional work on my end. And that's on top of everything else. Um, and I just don't want to do it anymore for what I'm getting back. And you guys can take that however you wish, as an entitled statement or a selfish statement or, or whatever you want. But <clears throat> when I can literally make five to ten times as much money doing client work and I'm stuck in a place that I call a hellhole, it's really hard to keep doing the free work. When the client work, especially when the free work is not put out, the client work gets busier and I make even more money. So I, I need a change to happen. And I'm just leveling with you guys. If the podcast doesn't grow, if more people don't start listening, if it doesn't get promoted on, on social media, if it, if it doesn't start bringing in new listeners, I'm going to have to cut back. Right now, the goal is, what I was doing all this for, was to kind of set up myself for uh, a three-season-per-year system. And that three seasons per year, the way that I was planning on working it out was... It'll be three different seasons of 14 weeks, right? 42 weeks of content uh, for you guys, 10 weeks off for me to plan all the rest of it. Just little uh, three-month, or I apologize, three-week uh, intervals in between, right? That was the initial plan, and that's what I've been going with, and that's why, uh, you know, unofficial season zero started off with in, in November, and I'm revealing it now. is because we made it. This is technically a season, and everything else is just kind of bonus before I start taking time off in March. Um, but for the way the podcast has been going, especially the last four months, I'm not going to do it. I can't, and I'm not going to. I have had to put so much of myself and so much work into the last four months to keep getting less payment, to keep getting less people showing up, to keep getting less people on the blog and website. I can't do it. It's heartbreaking. Valentine's was heartbreaking to put that much effort into something and to have virtually nobody share it. Virtually nobody share it. It's free. It's easily available. It's on the world's easiest fucking place to get it from. Nobody did. That hurts. And I, I can't pretend otherwise. Um, I've been in a good place. I've been in a positive place. Uh, mostly all day. Because I've, I've, I've let myself get away from that. But as I'm talking about it now, there's real pain here. Um, <laughs> when you're spending $200 a month on medicine uh, and your income from the podcast decreases beneath $800 a month at the same time that literally 50 to 100 people send you a message a month every, every single month saying you're amazing, never stop. I don't know how long you can do that before it plays with your psyche, but it's playing with mine. And I'm, I'm at that level. So instead of getting, you know, 42 really good polished episodes a year with the podcast, 
I'm thinking about pulling an Aaron Mankey and just making it 26, right? Just making it uh, bi-weekly. That would give me a lot more time. That would free me up in a lot of ways. Uh, Maybe taking large amount of times in between two seasons, right? Maybe three seasons of nine episodes apiece, something like that. That's what we're looking at with the podcast because I get the same amount of money no matter what amount of podcast I put up or not. Um, When I was sick last year, and you guys were very, very generous uh, around April, and I just couldn't record. I I didn't have the system up in the windows, so I just I literally couldn't record. And I was sick, and I wasn't putting up a podcast. You paid me more that month collectively than any of the last four. Stinks and it hurts, and the trend is not reversing no matter what I say or do. So I've got to, I got to make a choice. I got to make a change. And um, what I would want, what I want that choice and change to make to be more than anything, is for more membership and more growth. But that is totally reliant on you guys. And I've asked and asked and asked and asked and asked. So this is the last chance, and I'm I'm going to say it as clearly as I can. If this podcast, if if the Grey Knight Project, however you wish to, when there's stuff out there that you like, when there's content out there that you like, if it's not shared, if it's not pushed, if we don't give it a chance to, to get new people in here, I'm going to stop putting stuff up for free. I don't have a choice. I'm tired of living in this hellhole. Ali, I'm not trying to use this for sympathy. Ali was sick, so my income took an even bigger hit than normal last month. And Allie needed uh, additional fucking funds. With my income going down. And I had to, like, I had to really fret that. I had to really, 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 really think about, like, what am I going to pay and when? Because of this situation. So that's why I'm at my end here. I have held out as long as I could in this place. It's about to become untenable for recording again. Uh, as the weather heats up, I've got another about month left that I can stretch it here. I'm saving up everything that I can to get out. I'm looking on Trulia, looking on Zillow. I'm looking every single day. Um, but I'm at the end. Things are going to get so much worse for me psychologically and logistically from here if the podcast can't improve membership. It's not about sending money in. It's not about a drive. It's not about a GoFundMe. I've thought about all those things, and that would be nice. But that doesn't help my situation. It's about membership. It's about eyeballs. It's about what I can take to people in the podcasting industry, in the radio industry, in creative industry. Uh, It's about what I can take from the project and say, hey, oh my god, I, I, uh, I have this viewership. Please don't let me die from lack of funds. because again, we're kind of circling those drains. When when we when when I get to the end of it, if I have another two months like we've had the last four, I can't. I'm just going to stop. Um, I'm just one hundred percent going to stop. So I beg of you, if you really believe what you guys have been saying, that I've been putting out the best work ever, that I'm getting stronger, that I sound better, that you like me more. I'm begging of you, reblog, reshare, like, 
please don't send me a fucking message saying, but I don't have any followers after this impassioned plea because nothing drives me up the wall more than me saying what'll help me and then somebody saying, but, or, this is what I need. This is what I need for the podcast to stay free and definitely what I need the podcast to stay free for 42 episodes a fucking year because I can't do it anymore. What you got out of me for the for the Valentine's Day episode was more effort than you get out of some... I'm just going to say it. was more effort than you get out of some people when they put together entire fucking erotic books. Okay? And I think some of you know it. I think some of you heard it. So I need you guys to step up for me in this way. I can't keep doing it. It hurts too badly. I've hit the point where psychologically... It hurts. Getting up at 1 a.m. to record at 2 a.m. to get something out for you guys, because those are the only hours that I could do it. And then being told, don't stop, you're so amazing. But literally having to juggle bills, I can't do it anymore. I just can't. So, um, I, I again, apologize for the rambling. If, if, it's not, if, if, if it doesn't get shared out more, if we don't get more members, if it doesn't happen that way, um, I, I, I will be stopping uh, the way that everything is rolling out sometime in the next 50 to 100 days. Um, that's what I've got left in me, about 50 days, I think. Um, so that's, that's what we've got. Apologies that we're starting off on that serious note. I, I promise we're going we're gonna to move into the lighter stuff. Um, that's where we're at. That's the status update. Uh, and uh, I really want to thank everybody for hearing me out, uh, for listening to me as I say it all. Uh, Got to give me just one second here. I didn't think my heat was going to kick off. I really, I really do love you guys, and I really do appreciate you. And I really am going to be asking for tips, and I really, really, before I do that, I want you to hear this. None of this is about asking for more tips, or especially tips from people that can't afford it, or uh, people who already tip. I definitely don't give any more. Um, this isn't about that. This is about growth. This is about... Uh, future, this is about ambition, right? Um, that's that's what it's about. And the other thing is, I guess it's a little bit of a notification. I'm sorry, I kind of skipped over this Nola point before I begin with the quick quotes. Uh, it's also going to be an explanation of why there's going to be more work for sale. There's going to be more work for sale. This is why. Uh, you'll, you'll see more stuff on the Patreon. Uh, you'll see more stuff available in shops. This is why. It's because it has to be um, I, I held out for as long as I could on the podcast and, and putting everything up for free, guys. I did, but I can't. So going forward, let's move forward. Uh, I'm trying to do a little reset now. <sighs> Stop being emotional. Start being invincible. Uh, hopefully the vulnerability is something that you enjoyed because it's not able to turn off these days. Fucking therapy. I hate it. Uh, all right. Everyone with me? 
Everyone still want to have a good time? Everyone still want to have a happy Valentine's Day? I very much want to have that as well. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for being a fan. Thank you very much for being a lady of the night. And if anybody here is very brave, would you be so kind and show the new girls how Quick Quotes works so we can get right on into it. Quick Quotes is the segment of the show where if you put it in quotation marks, I say it. You can just put in quotation marks and have me just fire it off. Or you can give me a little bit of a stage note like, say it like a cowboy. I'll try and manage it if I can. So the very first thing that I've gotten written here is it says, purr for me, kitten. <laughs> and after that, it says, <clears throat> good girl. You have been doing very well, and you will continue to do great. Will you be my valentine, baby girl? I'm in the mood for something sweet. You're such a dirty girl. You're a dirty little girl for daddy, aren't you? You're so beautiful. <clears throat> I miss you, baby girl. I really do. Everything is going to be okay. That cunt is mine, and it only gets wet for me. Understand? Shut up and kiss me, darling. What say you, funny man? You belong to me. Come here and sit. Uh-oh. Come sit on my face and snuggle in, baby girl. You're such a fucking tease. Bring that ass here, baby girl. A lot of baby girls tonight. A lot of baby girls every night. <laughs> just, just being real with you. Uh, it's a, it's a favorite. Like, when I was a kid, I grew up watching Home Improvement, the sitcom, and there's a character who's just behind a fence. That's the whole thing. He's just behind a fence. That was the whole character. He was smart, and he was behind a fence. And uh, that, was, that, was, that was really it. And, and I remember reading an interview as a kid in, a, in, like, a Scholastic magazine or something. He's like, you know, as an actor, I, I really wish I was out there and exposed a little bit more. And as a kid, I was like, what? whatever, man. Screw you. What are you talking about? You're on, like, the most popular show of all time. You don't have to work. It's amazing. 
And now all I can think is like, oh, I get it now. My fence. My fence is made of baby girls. My partition is made of baby girls. I understand you now, act actor who plays Wilson. No, I'm not going to do a Link impression. <laughs> not before I read for hours and hours. We, we scream in ayahs, not, not, we, we, we test our larynx, not before we use our larynx. <laughs> if there was a, I'll do like a mellow Link. I'll do like, I'll do like Link Savior of the Coffee House. Like, a, ah, ah, uh-huh. Like a, like a beatnik Link, sure, there you go. But like the whole screaming elf man link, I'm afraid I can't do. Uh. <laughs> uh. Oh my gosh, I missed Arlen so I'm so sorry. Thank you so for that. What I miss, little one. I do hope you plan on behaving tonight. Okay, okay. Just a few more, guys. Let's keep them pushed through. New girls especially, if it's your first time out. I love doing yours. New girls, don't be shy. You see how easy it is. You type it, I say it. Be a good girl, and Daddy might give you a reward. You are in enough trouble, little girl. Do you really want to keep pushing? You're going to be okay, May. Just breathe. Kelly, would you be a good girl and come give Daddy some loving tonight? Maybe. Please don't leave me. You blush so easily. It's adorable. Would you stop being such a fucking teen? Let Daddy caress your soft, supple skin, baby girl. Come be Daddy's perfect little slut tonight. Anyone else, especially new girls, we're closing it up, we're closing it up. If you have typed one before, please don't type one now. If you're brand new to it, or it's your first time out tonight, Come on, put them in. It'll be the last ones we do. Please, 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 come on, put them in. I know I'm doing a lot of begging tonight. Welcome to it. This is what it's like to MC a show <laughs> over the internet. Lots of requests. Very little demanding. And, and live person, it'll be reverse. I promise. Any girl, come on now. Any new girl, come on. Let's finish up. Finish up strong. Don't you want to finish up strong for daddy? Please. Please. There we go. Here it's coming. There we go. It's coming. It's coming. You can hear it. Come on. Me daddy's perfect, perfect little slut tonight. Oh, please. Come back to bed. Beg for it, sweetheart. If you're a good girl... Daddy will give you something special. Why are you acting so shy tonight? 
<laughs> oh, even I can feel that one landed. Yep. Princess, you know you asked me for this. Now say thank you. Oh, goodness, that was a fun round, guys. That was a very fun round of quick quotes. Thank you, everybody, for participating. That was very enjoyable. We had a whole variety. We had baby girls with one space, baby girls with no space, baby girls with the Y accidentally spaced at the end because the hand was shaking and jittering. We had uh, all kinds of different variety tonight. It was fantastic. <laughs> See, I told you, I was going to be emotional at the beginning, and then we're going to have fun. That's the whole thing. It's like BoJack Horseman. One second, it's a depressed alcoholic who's making you very sad. The next second, it's a depressed alcoholic who's making you laugh. It's a fantastic time. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Hey, man, if the ship's going down, it's a party barge. We party all the way down to Jason Momoa. <laughs> Here we go. It's our first <laughs> It's our first fucking poem of the night. Oh, and you know it's a classy affair when I say, It's our first fucking poem. Our first fucking poem of the evening here is for you guys. You guys here is for the classes is the poems. Here we got a very classy-ass poem tonight. Tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to read you some classy-ass fucking poems, some classy-ass fucking poetry, and then I tell you what, we got some longs, we got some shorts, we got some couplets, we got all kinds of fucking poems for you, all you classy peoples. Tell you what, you just get ready, all right? You'll get ready to fucking culture your asses off, all right? It's going to be amazing. All kinds of fucking poetries. <laughs> all right, never doing that character again. Did not work. Just get him right off. Get him right off the stage. Get him off. Get the get him off. What are you doing? Get him off. God damn. All right. I'm sorry. He won't be invited back here next time. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know what he was doing. Obviously, he wasn't working out. We'll get some. We'll get a different guy to come out here and announce the poetry next time. Jesus. <laughs> next shows next week. We'll have a different busker. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> They say silence is golden. I believe it is true, because in that golden silence, my thoughts occur of you. You are the flame in my candle, the light, the darkness of the room. You are the scented flowers that makes my heart full bloom. You are the butterflies that flicker in my stomach all day long, when I know I will be holding you before my day is done. You are the stars that shimmer and shine. You are the light up in the skies above in this golden silence. It's truly you, my love. You are the thunder of the night. Your lightning strikes whenever into my soul that makes me whole and excites my heart forever. You are my paradise, my oceans wide, my mountains standing tall. So in this golden silence, I love you most of all. Silence is Golden by Sheila Bullman. And with that, we're officially off to the races. Let's get that tip jar up. I will be saying your name if you tip. I'm sorry, I've been bad about that lately. 
And if I don't, poke me, poke me, poke me. Yes? Okay. <clears throat> and on to poem number two. A nib nuzzling, skating a slow seduction on nubile parchment. A tongue translating, teasing eager pages, spreading, coaxing forth the dew of inspiration, pouring out impassioned prose. A muse messaging, swelling slick with potential, flushed with potential purpose. A climax coated, bound in slick stanzas, and quivering from spilling secrets, awash with wanton words. Pinmanship. Cameron Lincoln. Yeah, I thought you were going to trip me up with that, whoever sent it in, didn't you? Didn't you? Uh-uh, look at that. I got my got my boxing feet back. I'll dance right over poems like that. Uh-uh, ain't nothing. You want another? You want another to prove it? You want another poem? You want another? Here we go. <clears throat> I want you to know one thing. You know how this is. If I look at the crystal moon, at the red branch of the slow autumn at my window. If I touch near the fire the impalpable ash of the wrinkled body of the log, everything carries me to you. As if everything that exists, aromas, light, metals, were all little boats that sail towards the isles of yours that wait for me. Well, now, if little by little you stop loving me, I shall stop loving you little by little. If suddenly you forget me, don't look for me, for I shall already have forgotten you. If you think it long and mad, the wind of banners that passes through my life, and you decide to leave me at the shore of the heart where I have roots, remember that on that day, at that hour, I shall lift my arms and my roots will set off to seek another land. But if every day, each hour, you feel that you are destined for me with implacable sweetness if each day a flower climbs up to your lips to seek me. Ah, my love. Ah, my own. In me all that fire is repeated. In me nothing is extinguished or forgotten. My love feeds on your love, beloved. And as long as you live, it will be in your arms without leaving mine. Pablo Neruda, if you forget me. <laughs> That's all we have for the poetry. Did anybody send in a poem that I missed? I, I think maybe there was one more. Did I miss it? I know. Satire one, huh? I'm afraid I don't see it. Goodness gracious. Well, 
I do have this to read. It's not a poem, but here we are. <clears throat> he was muttering things she did not hear. His lips were evoking feelings never felt before. She was darkness, and he was darkness, and there had never been anything before this time, only darkness and his lips upon hers. She tried to speak, and his mouth was over hers again. Suddenly, she had a wild thrill such as she had never known. Joy, fear, madness, excitement, surrender to arms that were too strong, lips too bruising, fate that moved too fast. For the first time in her life, she had met someone, someone stronger than she, someone that could neither bully nor break, someone that was bullying and breaking her. Somehow, her arms were around his neck, and her lips trembling beneath his, and they were going up, up, into the darkness again, a darkness that was soft and swirling and all-enveloping. An excerpt from Gone with the Wind. Bet you girls didn't know you liked classics like that, huh? Yeah, number one bestseller for three years running for a reason. Beat the fucking ever-living shit out of Fifty Shades of Grey and it's time. Ever-living shit. Plus, you can still watch the movie to this day and kind of enjoy it. Can't say that about the Fifty Shades trilogy. Ah. Uh -uh. It's not, uh, it's not a very funny joke, but I was in love with it. There was a sitcom on the air called Wings, my introduction to Tony Shalhoub, and uh, I, I just enjoyed it. It was on. There was no internet, so I would watch Wings, and uh, there's a character in there. He's kind of a schmubby guy. He's kind of a Tony Shalhoub. He plays kind of a schmubby guy. Everyone's kind of down on him, and He's an Italian immigrant because it was the 90s. And it's like, well, we need we needed one non-white character. It's like, oh, Tony Shalhoub can play an Italian. Great. Uh, so he's an Italian immigrant uh, that everyone's down on for some reason. And at one point, he's talking about living in his shitty little apartment. He's trying to watch Gone with the Wind. He's watching the movie for the first time, and he's really enjoying it. And then the cable cuts out right at the end. And so he's asking somebody. Hey, I was watching Go at the End, and I got right to the end where she gave the ultimatum and, and became Clark Gable's lines, the last line, and then it cut out. What did he say? And then the woman he says this to goes, I don't give a damn. And he just looks and goes, well, all right, fair enough, but don't you think you could tell me anyway? <laughs> To this day, it's a stupid joke, but to this day, I still fucking love it. Ah! <laughs> uh, okay, we've got one more little thing to read before this smut here. I kind of don't know what this piece is, so I'm just going to lay right on into it. <clears throat> I caught the scent of your sins, though the crowd dancing the night through the crowd dancing the night away. The swaying of your hips told me of the places you've been, 
places your lips would seldom say. Okay, apologies, this is a poem, and I didn't realize by looking at it one time. Raven-haired goddess, I want to take you places you've yet to see, places you've kept confined in your mind. Those chestnut-brown eyes eliciting an inferno deep within me come closer and scavenge my body for all the treasure yet to find. Take my hand, grasp it tightly, now step forward until our bodies press together upon this floor. Below our waists, it's already decided. Let my hand glide in between those luscious thighs till I can feel your warmth, your wet, your bite, your lips, like a tigress, and I insert a finger. Let out that roar. You and I both knew this would happen the moment our bodies had collided. The saxophone keeps peppering the air with the siren's call, but it was the alluring appeal of your ravishing frame that echoed my name. We should get out of this place before I find myself fucking you in some god-awful stall. Your body scent, its heat, tests the limits of the savagery I've tamed. My tongue begs to extinguish your pussy's scintillating flames. I pull you away from the mob, passing a ravenous hand over your shapely ass. I can't wait to fill both of your inviting, teasing holes. I see you from behind as we exit this place. At long last, my cock is aching to be set loose from its denim purgatory, pulsating for a chance to glide into Elysium. We're just two abandoned souls. But we found each other tonight, or I found you. Now you're passing by sky-blue thong, teasing over my wickedly curious nose. Finally, you pull my hardened cock from my these suffocated jeans, wrapping your legs tightly around my waist, seeking to temper your pelvic fires with my throbbing thick hose. Velvety, steamy, silky. A vice-like grip wrapped around every inch, every vein of my swollen cock as I bore into you with a carnal desire, that primal rage that stirred deep within me. I pulled out, flipping you onto your stomach as your back door aches to be unlocked. I pass my tongue over your tight asshole. Your finger finds its way over to your inflamed clit. I aligned my cock towards your puckered exit, soon to be my entrance. I ease in slowly, and it's indeed a tight fit. A few slow pumps soon leads to you reclining back on it, all the way till it's fully vanished deep within your ass. It only took a few minutes till I came deep inside of that tightened hole. That way you moved those hips ensured this sexual encounter surely wouldn't last. I felt you come, rubbing that clit as if we had a date with death in less than a few minutes, the sheet stained with our salacious one-night affair. To think of how this all began still leaves me blissfully numb, with a simple scent that drifted farther than nature's intended limits. 
I suppose we were both savages caught up in the animalistic desires so copious in last night's air. Excuse me. That is an excerpt from Last Night's Air by Lazarus Finch. And if you enjoyed that, hats off to you. And I'm very happy for you. Because I thought that was ridiculous. <laughs> I was trying very, very hard not to laugh from the moment he called her a tigress. From the moment he called her a tigress. So... <clears throat> The other thing is, yeah, Thick Hose was another one. Uh, the other thing is, I have, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to brag a little bit. I charge my phone via US, USB cord. I know, I know, big brag. But it's true. I, 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 I charge my, my cell phone through a USB port. And I actually, I plug it in and out all the time of my, of my computer. Another brag. I know. Settle down. Uh, and so there's this huge thing on the internet about how hard it is to plug a USB port in and how many tries it takes. And I, I really legitimately believe this from the bottom of my heart. As somebody who does it without sight and just kind of plugs it in over and over again. Ladies, don't have anal sex with any man who takes three tries to plug in a USB port. Don't ever. Like, if you're ever going to have anal sex with any man, don't... <laughs> Do it. He's not taking his time. He's not evaluating things properly. He's not looking. It is two at most. At most. Really should be one. Really should be one. Two at most. <laughs> if someone's like, click, clink. Oh, no. I'll just flip this. Uh-uh. No, that didn't work. I'll just, uh-uh. Don't have anal sex with that guy. And the reason why I'm saying this now, after what I just read is he's all like, look at how thick my cock is. Now bend over, and I'll just ram it in her ass a little bit, and then she'll just scoot back, and then come, will shoot right on out her pussy. Because that's what happened in that fucking story that we just read. And I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I don't take a little bit of, of leniency when I do anal sex. I do anal sex and you love, I'm like, I'm going to do anal sex. And you're like, yay, is the listener. And then I fuck you up the ass for a little bit and you come. So I'm not going to pretend that I'm, that I portray it a hundred percent accurately either. But I like to think that I do a little bit more than that. Beware of any other guy. Rule number two about anal sex is, uh, beware any guy who thinks sticking his cock up your ass is like some kind of cheat code for a party favor effect. Like, if he thinks sticking his cock up your ass is going to make you go, and, like, shake and, like, all that, like, that's not the dude to be fucking having anal sex with. That's not it. <laughs> you need a dude, as soon as you're like, oh, I'm going to fuck you up the ass, you need a dude who puts on dis... <laughs> God damn it. I can't even fucking pronounce the song. <laughs> Despacito. You need a guy who puts on Despacito as soon as anal is mentioned. 
Oh, we do an anal? Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. <laughs> We're going to go slow. Despacito. Despacito, senorita. Yo, Trejo Despacito. <laughs> anal, anal, <laughs> proper, properly, uh, pro socially, socially conscious, but not adept anal old man. I hope he makes a comeback. He really wants you to enjoy your anal sex. He's really, he's really trying to, he definitely gets the USB plugged in the first or, attempt or two. <laughs> I liked him. He was fun. Let's hope he comes back sometime. Okay. <clears throat> With that, we haven't started the fun smut yet. <laughs> That's exactly what you do. Guys. You should 100% think of anal sex when Despacito starts playing. And then you shouldn't stop. You should think about the entire duration of the song, and that way you'll know if you really want to have it or not. Because by minute eight or nine of that song, you'll be like, okay, I've really examined my... <laughs> now, here's, now here's a pro tip for all of you who have not had anal sex. This is, you're going to be a little bit upset about this at the beginning, but just hear me out. This is great anal sex training. What you very, very much want to do to see if you really want to have anal sex is get a very large, very spicy burrito from Chipotle. Hold on. We're not going where you think we're going. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Settle down. You do want large, and you do want extra spicy. And I'll tell you what. You put on the Despacito, okay? You bend yourself a good 20, 30 degrees over a kitchen table, island, countertop. I don't judge. And then you eat that burrito. You eat the whole thing in that position. However... You're going to have to eat the whole thing in three, four minutes. Get the whole thing down the gullet. Get it down. Spice it all. No water. Nothing else. Uh -huh. Eat the whole thing. Then assume the position. Just stay there. Right? As your face begins to sweat, and as your body begins to shake and contract, this will simulate what your face and body will be doing as a man is pounding you up the ass, right? It's intensive. It's not a passive sport, anal sex. It is very much... A, let me tell you something. The catcher is catching, and they are going to exhaust themselves. So when you think about anal sex, I don't know what the vision in your head is, but you need to be having burrito meat sweats on your face... And your stomach needs to be contracting up like it's holding in all of the spices that Humpty Dumpty fell off that wall for. Every last one. <laughs> sweat. If the sweat's not dripping off your chin, his cock is not all the way in. That's anal sex. 
If sweat's not dripping off the chin, the penis isn't all the way in. That's anal sex. <laughs> There's a lot more heat. There's a lot more heat than you expect. It's an exhaust port. All right? <laughs> Bad things are going to happen. <laughs> Despacito. You don't want a guy going, ah, all right, let's try it. Yeah, yeah. You don't want a Capital One Viking behind you. You don't. Absolutely, positively not. <laughs> all right, that's enough anal sex. Because <laughs> we don't have enough of a show. I've just been, uh, I've just been. <laughs> just been messing around a little bit let's get back into it because there is there is going to be some sexy sexy sex coming up <laughs> thank you for enjoying my my burrito analogy let's refer to it as the burrito analogy and not the anal sex chipotle lesson thank you please let's not call it the second <laughs> i know you're worried that was the whole idea burrito is kind of phallic I stole that from, all right, before I begin this, I stole that from Upright Citizens Brigade. Uh, most of you probably only know Upright Citizens Brigade from Amy Polair. She was a member uh, of Upright Citizens Brigade, but they were a troop. And one of my favorite sketches they ever had was called Ass Pennies. Uh, and the basic premise is two guys are on a golf course, and uh, one person uh, asked the other, like, how are you so successful? How are you so successful? And he goes, well, here's what I want you to do. Go to a bank, get $50 of pennies, all in rolls, and then stick them up your ass. And the other guy goes, what? He goes, no, hold on. It's not sexual. And one at a time. And then the premise is, after you've stuck all 50 rolls of pennies up your ass, one at a time, run back out, you then take the pennies, and you, you go to a place where you know the person that makes you feel unconfident spends their change, and you buy everything in pennies. And then that way, when that person comes to bully or intimidate you, you know, okay, all right, buddy, my pennies have been up your ass. Your pennies have been up my ass. <laughs> right? And, and so the whole, the whole prep, but I mean, the whole setup is like, how are you so confident? How are you so sexy? He's like, I want you to take $50 in pennies and single rolls and stick them up your ass. And you think that that's going to be the whole bitch, right? But immediately he's like, no, it's not sexual. And ever since then, I've realized pretty much any time you can, you can take a phallic object. And like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you in a sexual position and I'm going to have this phallic object. Every time you do that, people go, ah! Like, it be, they become six to eight-year-olds all over again. And then you can just do whatever you want. It's a misdirection play. It's so much fun. Just throw it wherever you want. Gosh, guys, stop being so entertaining. People are passing by this. You know that they're not listening on the podcast afterwards. You know that they're not listening to this part. They're like, what's the fuck? It's 10 seconds. 10 seconds. 30 seconds. 30 seconds, 30 seconds skipping. He's still talking. 30 seconds skipping. And now I'm doing it just so that, that they do it. If they keep skipping 30 seconds, they still get it. They still get me going 30 seconds, 30 seconds skipping, 30 seconds, 30 seconds skipping, 30 seconds, 30 seconds skipping. And that way, when they skip 30 seconds, they still hear it. And they're like, what the fuck? Is he caught in a loop? 30 seconds, 30 seconds skipping, 30, 30, 30, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds skipping on Spotify, 30 seconds. Okay. 
You guys are way too entertained tonight. Thank you very much for that. <clears throat> Let's really, for seriously this time, get into the sexual story. We've got to start right away. <clears throat> I didn't like the way he was looking at you. You know what, Oliver? I would find this kind of cute if it wasn't the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Felicity got to the door. Felicity got the door open and yanked her keys out of the lock. She stepped in quickly, spinning to shut the door in his face, but Oliver's hand shot up, stopping it from smacking him in the nose. She glared at him, and he glared at her. I didn't like it, he repeated, and Felicity rolled her eyes. This macho crap has to stop. She said, backing up as Oliver stepped into her apartment, shutting the door with way too much force. He is my boss, Oliver. That means I have to work with him. I don't care if you have to work with him, Oliver growled. What I care about is that he spent the entire night undressing you with his eyes. So what? So his words faded as he stared at her. So what? I'm pretty sure I didn't stutter, Felicity replied saucily, cocking her head, giving him a mocking look. Oliver just stared at her, his face unreadable in the soft light coming from the overhead lamp stove she'd, she'd left on before they'd gone out to the fundraiser. Oliver's hissy fits about Ray Palmer were nothing new, but they were getting worse and she knew they were in direct correlation with the fact that they'd been working overtime on a new project, and thus spending more time with Ray. But honestly, it was starting to grate on her nerves. Felicity pulled her bracelets off and dropped them on the coffee table. She started taking her earrings off, making her way to the bedroom. I don't think you should stay over tonight, Oliver if this is the way you're going to be acting. Felicity. She stopped, closing her eye for a brief second before turning to face him. He hadn't moved, his eyes locked on where he still stood by the front door, his face cut by the angular, harsh shadows of the dark living room. What? His voice was to remove, his reply was to remove his suit jacket, tossing it haphazardly on the couch before unbuttoning his shirtless, his shirt sleeves. Felicity watched as her brow furrowing, <clears throat> Felicity watched her brow furrowing as he rolled them up before he ate up the space between them in a few long strides. She fought the urge to take a step back at the intensity in his blue eyes, which she knew from experience were so much darker than his normal ocean blue, considering the way he was looking at her. Oliver cupped her face in an underlying grip, tilting her head back as he pressed his chest against her, his eyes never leaving hers. You, Felicity Megan Smoke, he whispered are mine. She shivered at the venomance in his voice, his eyes drilling a dark promise into hers. Hard fingers tilted her head back further, one hand sliding to cup the back of her neck in a strong grip as his tongue drifted over her bottom lip. 
Felicity whimpered at the slight sensation as she licked her lips involuntarily, like she was chasing his touch. His face darkened at the sight, the hand on her neck tightening. You are my girlfriend, he continued. My partner. His hand slipped from her neck and down her shoulder, his finger hooking into the silky strap of the beautiful silk dress she'd found earlier that week. It draped over her every curve, and she'd known it was a hit when she'd just seen the look in Oliver's face when she'd put him away a few days ago. Although this wasn't exactly how she'd imagined him taking it off her. That sure didn't mean the butterflies ramming themselves against her chest plate weren't present, or knots of anticipation weren't tangling together in her stomach, or a fine tremble in her hands wasn't making her itch to touch him. Somehow, he'd taken her from pissed as hell and straight and ready to rip the damn clothes off in barely a few seconds. I'm the only one who gets to see you like this, Felicity. And the dress slipped off her shoulder, exposing her left breast. Without taking his eyes off her, Oliver's hand slid down and he palmed it, his rough palm scratching at her hard nipple. She took a stuttering breath. I'm the only one who can kiss you, he said softly, pressing his lips chastely to hers the very moment he pinched her nipple. Felicity hissed, arching into his touch, and he smiled. I'm the only one who can touch you like this. Felicity moaned, and her eyes fluttered shut, and Oliver pressed his lips to the tip of her nose, peppering small kisses all along the bridge of her nose and back down, where he sucked her bottom lip into his mouth, making her whine as he held her immobile. His hand slid down, pushing the silk dress off her other shoulder and down her body, past her hips, until it pooled at her feet, leaving her in nothing but a skimpy lace thong. The apartment was chilly from being empty all the night, and she shivered, although she wasn't sure if it was from the cold air or the look in her eyes as he greedily took her in. When his eyes dragged back up to hers, she bit her lip. With confident, sure hands, Oliver interlaced his fingers with her, urging her to step out of her dress. She didn't ask about the shoes. She knew he liked them on. He spun her, pressing his chest to her back as he wrapped his arm around her hip, a firm hand grasping her hip bone to keep her in place as the other hand moved achingly slow down her stomach, making her shiver and arch into him as he slid his fingers into her thong. Felicity gasped at her voice, <clears throat> Felicity gasped, her head falling back on his shoulder, his fingers slipping through the slick heat that had been pooling since the instant he said, You, Felicity Megan Smoke, are mine. His voice dipped down into her entrance, his fingers dipped down into her entrance, pressing past her nether lips, dipping into her wetness before sliding back up to her clit, and she whimpered his name, turning to wrap herself around him. Don't move, Felicity, he said tightly, 
She dropped her hands instantly at the gruff command, shuddering under his touch as pleasure blossomed inside her. She glanced down at where her hands had disappeared into her thong, and rush of arousal seared through her. A rush of warmth coated his fingers and her panties at the sight. Oliver's jaw was clenched, his body hard against her quickly melting one as he caressed her delicate nubbin. His fingers pressed harder, demanding more, sliding over the more sensitive right side as she jerked in his arms. He rubbed in deep, even strokes, igniting a fire deep in her stomach, and that started to spread like fire in her veins, spiraling out from the center as he ground against her, their bodies swaying in time with his touch. Felicity whispered, digging her nails into his thighs to keep from grabbing him as white-hot pressure started coiling inside of her. Her legs felt like liquid as the pleasure grew headier. It was like a large boulder settling inside her, growing heavier with each of his commanding strokes, pushing her forward, urging more out of her. She started trembling against him, and he held her closer, keeping her anchored as his hand moved. Oliver. She kneeled, dropping her head back against his shoulder again, and Oliver pressed his face into her neck, his lips finding her ear. His hot lips sucked on her earlobe, and they bit down gently, making her cry out. Say it, Felicity, he whispered harshly, his hand moving past her. Say it. Yes. She gasped, her mind starting to scatter as he, as the release built. I'm yours, yours, yours. A low moan sounded from deep in her chest. Her hips moved of their own accord against his hand, seeking more friction, more pressure, just more as he delivered, his hand rubbing her clit harder, stroking her in tight little circles that had sharp cries echoing through the apartment before it hit. Felicity came with a shout, her back bowling. Oliver gripping her hip and cupping his hand over her sex to keep her in place. The hard dig of his fingers against her sensitive skin propelled her into a sharper orgasm, one that knocked her legs right out from under her. Oliver's arm wrapped around her waist, catching her before she could fall, and he stepped a few paces carrying her with him. He found the couch, and he pulled her down with him, situating the limp, pleasure-numbed body over his. It took a few minutes to realize his hand was still in her panties, her back pressed to his heaving chest. Her legs were hooked over his thighs, his legs spread, stretching her wide open to him. She blinked, trying to catch her breath, and she found her lungs incapable of anything past existing when his other hand slipped into her panties as well, three fingers pressing to her soaked entrance as his other hand slowly stroked her abused clint. She whined, arching her back, not sure if she wanted to get closer or further away. One more time, Oliver grunted in her ear, his hips jerking up against her ass, his hard cock straining against her pants as he thrust all three fingers into her.
the end. <clears throat> uh, the name of that series is called Heartbeats. That was chapter 8. I don't have an author. The name of the collection is Heartbeats. That's chapter 8, Mine. Maybe the person who submitted would be brave enough to tell us the author or some other information, but that's all I got. <clears throat> oh my. We have a first-person story. We don't get a lot of these. You guys don't like first-person stories. You never submit them. Let's see what happens. Oh, did you hear those pops? Oh, yeah. That's the good stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. I. Uh, oh. Needed it. Okay. The story begins around the time I was 25 years old. I had been out of the army about four years when I ran into Jim and Amanda Ray while out for drinks. I had not seen Amanda Ray in probably eight years or more, not since high school anyhow, and after a few games of pool and a few beers, they'd invited me to dinner at their place for the following evening. I was at first reluctant to accept given my level of attraction to Amanda Ray, one that had been strong since our teenage years. Now, eight years later, she was still stunning. Amanda Ray stands about five foot one inches tall. She has dark brown hair, dark like chestnuts, soft blue-gray eyes, fair but not pale complexion, kind of a light caramel color that tans to a deep golden brown that the sun generally bleaches naturally honey and highlights into. And then there's her figure. She is petite and, as I said, five foot one inches tall, and about 125, maybe 130 pounds. In high school, she had always been into volleyball and softball, so she was quite an athletic build. Now, she had not lost a single step. Her breasts had always been on the larger side and were still a 40 triple D, a tight tummy, and a wide, almost Betty Boop class hips. She was a 50s and 60s pinup goddess. So, Saturday being the next day, I stopped for a couple of 12 packs of Abrock and MGD also picking up a bottle of Cabo, of Cabo Wabo tequila on the way. The invitation was for six, and I arrived fashionably late at around ten after. They asked me if I was planning to go binge, having brought so much alcohol, but seemed more than willing to pop open some beers and join me in a few while dinner was finishing being cooked. For probably the next hour or so, all was good. Then, Jim asked about the Cabo. Isn't that the tequila Sammy Hagar owns and distills? 
Apparently, he was familiar with Toro and Jose, but he had never tried Cabo. So Amanda Ray cut up some lime and brought out some salt, while I poured the first round. We kept it relaxed with two or three shots each, but those shots really hit my two hosts like a freight train hits a hay wagon. But surprisingly, and much to their credit, they were able to roll on for some more beer and chit-chat. And this is where the conversation got interesting. Jim became quite comfortable with he and Amanda Ray's sex life, and once he started, Amanda Ray was more than okay with filling in the blanks. Apparently, they married for love and gave little thought to their sex life. Jim had apparently been skipping with his jeans, took the train to endowment. For a guy who stood six foot two and was easily 230 pounds, he was only equipped with a four and a half incher at full mast. Believe you me, this conversation had certainly crossed into TMFI territory. No, I wasn't exactly comfortable with the topic, mostly because I was having such a hard time not laughing from the mental imagery this was creating. But I managed to keep a hold of my manners despite my current condition. This is truly a feat for those who don't know me. My mouth tends to have no shame when sober, let alone with five beers and two shots in. <clears throat> Author's note, what a douchebag. Once the personal and intimate details were out of the way, they began to tell me about the fantasies and RP they used to pick up the slack in their love play. Mostly the usual daddy and his baby girl, cops and the speeder, etc. But then they went on to tell me their biggest sexual fantasy. It was a little bit darker it was about a home invasion where a man breaks in and bound him in the spare bedroom and they have his way with his unwilling wife in their marital bed. At this point, they had my full, undivided attention. I was, by this point, totally convinced that it was Cabo whom had loosened this fantasy from their vault of never-tells and Definitely not to a kinkster friend who used to date the lady involved. Whatever the reasoning, I had been hanging on the words in their fantasy, even wrote some of the key details down in my address book, so I could be certain to remember them all when I needed to. <clears throat> Shortly after all this, my hosts began showing signs of having pushed their limits of their day and were passing out. So I grabbed what remained of the Amberbach and went home. I couldn't help but jack off to the mental imagery of Amanda Ray bound and gagged with a cloth or gagged on a hard cock while her husband was helpless to do little more than listen. My first thought was, damn, what a low-down friend I am for getting off to their imagined plight. But then I thought about it. If it was truly a wishful fantasy, then they may have needed the tequila to confess this darker side of their sexuality. So 
I started thinking about it, and the more I thought about it, the more I began to come up with a scenario to make their fantasy night come true. I spent the next two weeks planning and plotting, then scraping and replanning the possible scenarios. My first idea was to bring in someone I know who does similar shit, but quickly dismissed it. That friend uses similar tactics to collect money owed to him and his biker club. And he has civil water in second place. No use exposing Jim to, and especially Amanda Ray, to someone who might not know when to stop. No, it would have to be me. The more I committed myself to it, the more I looked forward to doing it. I was going to invade their home and force my way with Amanda Ray while her husband could only listen. Well, at least that was the initial plan, anyhow. By the time I actually made my move, I had settled on a new twist of my own. Okay, guys, this is not the funny one. I don't think. <laughs> I think this is a real one? <laughs> or I've gotten the order wrong. I'm looking at the other one. Hold on. I think I think we need more real porn because <laughs> this is definitely not something I'm going to be able to take seriously for much longer. Like the Sons of Anarchy reference broke me. I'm sorry. I absolutely don't believe that somebody would use the word biker club unless they were a Sons of Anarchy like fucking fanboy. I really I've never heard anybody else use the term biker club. Biker club is a Sons of Anarchy reference. Everybody else just called them bikers. I know a biker club buddy is not a phrase I've ever heard, and I've been in some real fucking dive bars. It's always just biker. They don't say club. That's like saying a karate dojo. He knows karate from the dojo. You'd never hear it. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, shit, kids. Oh, I don't... Oh, we got to find out what this twist is, right? All right. Come on. Come on. What would Jax do? He would... He would drive himself into the front of a semi and, like a little bitch. That's a horrible... Why would, I, why would I ask anybody else in that show literally would have been a better choice? Jax dies like a bitch. Spoiler alert for Sons of Anarchy. Don't watch it. Goddamn. All right. Okay, I can do this. I just got to get the idea of Kim Coates fucking a woman who's tied up out of my head. <laughs> Which is not going to be easy, because I find Kim Coates very attractive in a strange way. Look him up sometime. It's a guy. <laughs> He's not handsome, but I... I I'm not saying no to Kim Coates. All right. <clears throat> it would have to be me, and there was going to be a strange twist. Here we go. <clears throat> so, you know where the story is going and where it began. <laughs> I took the right place for a break. I took the right place. Let's get that line one more time. Uh, I took the right place. Here we go. <clears throat> so, 
You know where their story is going and where it began. Hey! You know what Amanda Ray looks like and what Jim's physique is anyhow. Six foot two, 230 pounds, with strawberry blonde hair and a pale complexion. Sort of a real-life Ken doll from Barbie. He also has green eyes and a three-inch killer of phallic manila. Boy, that was almost like that was almost like a reintroduction. <laughs> that was perfect. That was like a recap. Previously on Cuckold Stories. <clears throat> you know as well that I had personally taken on the duty of making their little no-tell fantasy come true. So now I will tell you a little bit about myself. <gasps> My name is Jay Kenton. My friends, to those who have known me long enough, just call me Chaos. It's kind of been my nickname in high school since my full football legacy. Mainly because my physical physique kinda contradicted my speed and quickness on the football field. At five foot six inches tall, and weighing around 160 pounds, I looked like a stocky, sawed-off whiskey barrel on legs. Not fat by any means, at least not in high school or at the time of this story, anyhow. <laughs> I had short, sandy brown hair, softer brown eyes, and a reddish-tan complexion that darkened to Native American red-brown in the summer. Douchebag! I was, for the most part, quite average-looking. Aside from the dressing like a biker and having a bit less shame than I had in high school, not much had changed. The thing that broke the mold was where the average line was, was my cock. No, I was not gifted with some foot-long appendage. I had just above average length of seven and a half inches. Sure. Okay. That's average. Why not? But my girth is what had always been and still is my ace in the hole. I have not measured its circumference. What the f- God damn it! <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> that is exactly how the beginning of Fiddler on the Roof goes. That is the exact beginning of fucking Fiddler on the Roof. The Torvald comes, not the penis part, but Tor pans it on Torvald and he goes, and you know why we do this? You know why we've done this for so long? I'll tell you why. Nobody knows, but. <laughs> right, and you're like, ah, I thought you are a narrator, you can't do that. You're supposed to tell me, you son of a bitch. You can't just go off on a tangent. Here we go. My dick is so big. How big is it? I haven't measured, but... <laughs> I love that chaos has gotten us this far up his fucking ass, but he's not going to tell us about the size of it. Oh boy, he's just, he's gonna, he's gonna give us an analogy. I can just tell, I'm not reading ahead. I'm, I'm closing my eyes to summon the fucking strength. I can just tell you he's going to give us an analogy of what it is. 
and I am no way going to enjoy shoving it into your ethereal vagina. There's just no way. Here we go. I have not measured its circumference, but I can't tell you when I'm fully erect. I'm thicker than a beer bottle. Allie got it. It was beer bottle. Beer bottle. Hey. And I can barely fit inside a Pringles can. Yep. Built and hung like a whiskey cask. But believe it or not, it was not always a gift. <laughs> I can promise you, it got as many nights with women having no interest in at least having my cock split them open. Okay, so we're going to stop right there. That was all one paragraph for the last, like, five minutes. So this is definitely the story we're finishing on because we're moving through this real slow. For one, a quick analogy about Pringles cans and sexuality. Everyone can fuck a Pringles can, but nobody can really enjoy it. That's the first thing. Like, this guy's talking about how much he's going to enjoy being able to fuck a Pringles, but everyone can fuck a Pringles can. That's not all that special. It's how much pleasure you take from doing it. Everyone can do it. It's just not much fun for anybody. That's the first thing. The second thing is, Imagine being five foot six, or for you European ladies out there, like 175? 175 to 180, somewhere in there. And he's all like, hey guys, I have got a pretty okay penis. And you're like, well, you know, your skin is Native American red in the summer, so I'm into it. Show me what you got. And then he drops trowel, and he's literally literally hanging a Pringles can-sized cock between his fucking legs. Literally. What would you assume that this guy's self-esteem level is? <laughs> if, someone's, if someone pulls out a Pringles can and they go, I'm sorry it's so small. What do you think their self is? Like, like, what do you say at that point? Do you stroke their penis and be like, no, chaos, it's huge. It's huge, chaos. You got this, bucko. Oh. <laughs> now, this is, this is, I'm, I'm reading the story again. I swear, I'm not just, this is not just me. This is the story. Now, let's get back to the story. Between the night on our candid drinking session and the night that I actually put my plan into action, four weeks had gone by. We had shared a couple dinner nights and drinks at the bar. But if they remembered the topic of discussion, they were not going there again. Maybe in hope that they really hadn't shared and I didn't bother reminding them. In fact, part of my plan's success hinged on them not remembering any too soon. The rest of my plan hinged on being able to predict their behavior. So before I made my move, I downed a beer. I slammed a shot of Cabo and poured the same on my shirt and pants. I am not a complete idiot. A home invasion rap is at least a two-year sentence added to a potential rape and other charges I had to hope that appearing to a highly intoxicated would hopefully bring friendly 
though annoyed, concern. <sighs> Lot to unpack. We're not done with the paragraph, though. That was just how Jim and Amanda Ray were. If a drunken friend is behaving erratically, their first instinct is to comfort the friend in need. So just to be clear, this guy does think what he's doing is rape, and his master plan involves pouring, pouring drinks on his pants and shirt so as to avoid the clink. Maybe he should ask his biker gang friend for some more advice after all. When I arrived at their house, I left the lights on and staggered to the door, then taking five sober steps, kicked the front door open with a loud crash, yelling and slurring that Jay is home. There was a telltale footfall of them running to investigate, and I heard Jim say, Wait, don't call yet. It's just Jay. He's just drunk. Let's see what's wrong first. Just real quick, again, somebody has run out of somebody else's bedroom where they're, where they're about to call the police and said, Wait, don't call yet. It's just Jay. He's drunk now. Let's see what's wrong first. I.e., exactly normal dialogue that you say when someone's on the phone with the police. As he made his way downstairs, I slipped behind the coat rack as he reached the last step, using a maneuver we practiced in counterterrorism for disarming and disabling potential threats, I took him quickly to the floor and bound his wrists with a zip tie. I then gagged him while he struggled mentally with my actions. I quickly secured the front door and then grabbed my bag of tricks that I left on the porch before kicking in the door. Then, using his forearms, I levered his larger frame to his feet and then made him lead the climb upstairs towards where Amanda Ray awaited news on what was happening. Just real quick, I want to go over how he got six foot two Jim down. Ready? Here it is. <clears throat> As he made his way downstairs, I slipped behind the coat rack as he reached the last step. Using a maneuver we practiced in counterterrorism for disarming and disabling potential threats, I took him quickly to the floor. There is no explanation of the move. There's no explanation of the move. He just He's just hoping that he gets to say maneuver and counterterrorism, and we all go, awesome! Yeah! Yeah, he was in the army for four years between 17 and 21. So I don't think that he got elite counterterrorism stair coat rack training. I really, I don't think he got that, guys. That's a Nick Cage movie I would watch. This is all a Nick Cage movie I would watch. I'm going to be pretty specific. If Nick Cage is playing this part, especially if he's still 25 in the movie, I am into it. Okay. <laughs> Again, my predictions were spot on. When Amanda Ray first seen... When Amanda Ray first seen Jim bound and gagged with me pushing him into the bedroom, instead of 911, <laughs> she yelled... 
Jay, what the fuck is wrong? The hell are you doing to Jim? I simply shrugged drunkenly and slurred, Only what's necessary. Now, in their fantasy, Jim gets bound and immobilized in the spare bedroom. I think it was a safety net. Hotter heard than it might be to watch. But this is also where I boosted the dramatic flair. I believed he had to be able to see it happen. It would be able to cope with it later. To see that she was fucked hard. To see that no real harm came to her beyond a good fucking. So instead of taking him into the spare bedroom, I tied him into a metal chair they had in their bedroom one, and sat him at the foot of the bed. Once he was tightly secured and I knew he couldn't get free, I then turned on the lights and set up my camcorder. I then opened my bag and took out a red silk mini wrap and matching baby doll teddy. If you don't want Jim harmed, put these on. Nothing else can change right here. Nothing you reveal now will avoid my eyes later either. What? Concern now shifting to Jim and confusion led to her slipping off her PJs and only soft whimpers of fear and humphs of annoyance left her lips. Humphs of annoyance. Humphs of annoyance. <laughs> that is the greatest mental image. Your husband tied up to a metal chair, a drunk guy is all naked. Yeah, fuck you. Anyway. And you're like... <sighs> <laughs> oh, this is this is a gym. This is a great one. Whoever fucking set this one in, this is fantastic. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Once she finished changing a spectacle, which was the beginning of the recording event. I then told her to spread herself before her husband on the bed and masturbate herself. As she did so, I told her to tell him to take a good look at this hungry pussy. Because tonight, for the first time since they married, their pussy would be truly sated. Her cunt would be newly owned. The things I made her say began to turn the little minx on. Whether from the lewd, shameful behavior she was having to enact, or maybe some place in her head that she knew what was happening. But the more she fingered and teased her pussy, the hotter and nastier her words became. While she did this, I was just behind the camera undressing. He was already naked. Once I stepped to the edge of the bed... Her arousal tones became suddenly uncertain. Jay, you don't really plan on... But, 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 Jay, but, no, you can't. We're married. Jay. Amanda Ray was now protesting verbally and struggling quite fiercely. By now, I was on the bed and had her hair up in my right hand, then by her throat with my left. 
just to add spice for the camera, I lifted her by her throat and chokeslammed her on the bed, instantly silencing her out of fear and shock. <laughs> this is this is like this is like the Trump fucking like affidavits in court. Jesus Christ. Shut up, I growled once I had her pinned. Now I have lots of not-so-nice devices in that bag. Do as you are told, or I will start giving Jim some nasty scars, I hiss into her ear. And don't go thinking that I wouldn't, because you and he are my friends, and blah, blah, because my response, uh, how much I've already done, would you have thought possible of me? I let that sink in for a minute, then once she nodded, I said, Good girl! Now let's start with this a little bit ahead, huh? Suck my cock. And if you even think of biting me, I swear, Jim will regret it. Amanda Ray seemed to ponder their situation for a moment. She hesitated briefly, then, as though giving in to her inner desires, or playing it safe for now, she began to lick my cock. Her dainty tongue, as petite and agile as it had always been, began to trace along my cock, her enthusiasm growing as her eyes got wide from the ever-increasing girth of my cock. Once I was fully erect, she seemed to forget that this was being forced on her. Jane, she whimpered nervously, Jane, my toys, none of them are this thick, Jane. There's no way I can... Her words suddenly choked off as I forced my shaft into her mouth. She choked and gulped around it, but soon found a pace that I allowed her to continue on her own. The longer she sucked on my shaft, the more vigorous she became. The cock-hungry slut that had been created by years of being kept captive in her own mind, locked deep down in her conscience, was now taking over her morality. Her lips stretched tight around her head of my cock, the billiard-sized bulb of my cock being sucked in and out of her mouth like it had some hidden, life-changing sustenance. She moaned and groaned in pleasure as she bobbed voraciously. After several minutes of her blowing me in front of her captive husband, I was drawn to a growl and groan from Jim. When I looked over at him, I saw him watching, and I saw the shift in him from anger to sadness, then frustrated lust. He could not look away from the wanton cock-hungry slut his wife had become before his very eyes. It was at this moment that I lost my grip, seeing him watching his wife's transformation with a sense of eagerness, realizing that I had just turned him into a cuckold and that he had accepted the role. I palmed Amanda Ray's gorgeous head and ground my balls into her chin as I exploded. My balls began blasting thick, heavy ribbons of cum down her throat, which she swallowed dutifully. But even as the last shot of cum oozed from my cock, she continued to nurse upon my swollen and now hypersensitive cock head softly. Stroking the shaft and caressing my balls with a tender hand, she knew what she was doing. She was making certain that I remained hard and ready. I then pulled her around by her ankles so that she was laying across the bed, ensuring with an eye that I that 
ensuring with an eye that Matt had a clear view of my fat cock as I began forcing entry into his wife's cunt. But, Jay, I'll never be able to take your girth, she whimpered with uncertain fear, exclamation point, grinning down at her as my fingers stroke her clit. Well, Amanda Ray, I've always said, if it don't fit, Force it! I roared the last bit as I leaned in and drove my shaft to a hilt into her, her hands suddenly pushing up and away at my chest, even as her legs wrapped around my thighs like a vase. Amanda Ray's face buried against my chest, her teeth sunk into my left back as she screamed, her body both clinging and struggling for escape as she trembled from the extreme sensation of pain and being filled battered her senses. I hesitated only a moment, barely long enough for her innermost walls to expand, that's how it works, around me and cease their convulsing. Then, even as she shook her head and uttered her pleas for me to not to yet, I began easing back out of her cunt. Once the tip alone remained within her, I powered back into her again. The bite she had on my chest clamped down harder and tighter as she groaned in pleasure, pain, and growled from overload in primal passion, and now battered her core. But still, I did not stop. Each thrust became the building momentum for one to follow as I steadily began to pound that pussy without mercy, my balls slapping as my hips thumped her thighs. After about five minutes of this merciless pace, I felt her suddenly begin writhing and flopping hysterically upon the bed, her hips rolling and bucking with the relentless battering of my hips and impaling cock. Her eyes were rolled back, and her body had become flushed with red from her tummy and seemed to spread outward in waves from the tips of her fingers, even to her very toes. As she was racked with the most intense orgasm she could ever remember having, I know the first-person narrator am saying this. I can read her mind with my cock. Only then did I grant her some mercy and remained balls deep in her pussy. But I wasn't still. I ground in short rolling cycles, my cock being worked around her innermost depth like an auger. Her pet like an auger, like a toilet plunger. That's exactly what he wanted to go with. Like a toilet plunger, like an auger. Of all the things that could be inside, it's like an auger. You fucking piece of shit. Like an auger. Her petite form now lays motionless beneath me. Her large breasts rising and falling is her only sign of life. Then I slowly pull out of her and snatch her up without warning. Flipping her onto her hands and knees so suddenly she can barely support her own upper body in time, her forehead finding her husband's thigh for support as I growl suddenly. Well, now, look at your gallant husband, so hard and aroused he is at seeing his wife made a whore. I think he's even a half inch bigger. Now, suck him! Suck your husband's slut! my voice coming in low guttural growls by now, as she dutifully, whether on actual thought or obedience, took him from his pajama pants and began sucking his small but hard cock. At the same time, same moment, at the exact same moment, whoops, I drove my fat shaft balls 
deep into her like she were a bitch in heat. One more time. <clears throat> At that exact same moment, I drove my fat shaft balls deep into her like she were a bitch in heat. <laughs> now, hold on, let me finish this. Slapping my arms around her waist, I began to fuck her hard, fast, and mercilessly. My balls tightened as I began my intensity. Well, I imagine your balls tightened. Let's talk about that. I know what a fat shaft is. Fat shaft is a big, thick old penis. It's a big old Pringles can. Fat shaft balls would be the balls that belong to a fat shaft. So if you ram your fat shaft balls into someone's pussy, you are for sure grabbing your penis by its base, holding it against your sternum, and jabbing your balls in and out of that pussy. There's no other way to read that sentence than, I drove my fat shaft balls deep into her like she were a bitch in heat. That's it. There's no other reading of that. My balls tighten as I increase my intensity. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine your balls inside a pussy contracting is going to make them tighten. <laughs> Amanda Ray squeals around her husband's Vienna sausage as I... Fuck you, dude. As I batter her cunt from behind. My thoughts slowly but becoming sharper, more instinctively driven as I feel my balls tighten with cum, the pressure forming a knot out of my ball sack, S-A-C-K, as it fills with semen. Then, as Jim erupts into her mouth, my fat shaft explodes into her cunt, pumping thick, hot ropes of pearly white cum into the very core of her womb. I then made her go to the bathroom and rinse her mouth out and brush her teeth. That's going to look really weird. That's going to be a really, that's going to be a really, guys, when the Netflix documentary comes out, that is where I'm going to pause. When the Netflix documentary of this crime pops out and, and, he, and, there, and he says like, now brush your teeth, brush your teeth for me. That's where I'm going to have to pause and like, I have to make a hamburger again. I have to, I have to get rid of some of these feelings. <laughs> I can't feel all of them. I then made her go to the bathroom and rinse her mouth and brush her teeth. While she did this, I dragged her husband into the spare room and untied him from the chair, bound his wrists and ankles behind his back. Once I covered him up, I went back to the bedroom and spent the rest of the night fucking Amanda Ray. By the time the noon sun was warming the drapes, I had been fucked so many times we had both lost count. It was three days later, this is, I swear to Christ, I'm reading these words exactly as he wrote them. <clears throat> it was three days later before I decided to contact them. I've never read that before, and I hope I never do. I really, 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 really hope I never read that sentence ever again. It was three days later before. I hope I never read that again. If I never read, it was three days later before, as long as I live, I'll be fine. It was three days later before I decided to contact them, thinking it best to let the dust settle before seeing how they were coping. I just dialed their number when there was a knock at the door. 
Amanda Ray was there, looking nervous, but not unhappy. When I open the door, she darts right past me and drops onto the sofa. Where the hell did that demand for me to call you master come from? She asked me while breathing heavily. Uh, what? I replied. When you were behind me the second time, after you put Jim in the spare bedroom, you told me I would not know mercy until I addressed you as master. So, master, I'm asking, where did that come from? Uh, but before you answer me, Master, I want to propose something that both myself and my husband have agreed to. If the idea pleases you, we are offering you me. I spend a weekend or week with you. I spend two weekends or weeks with him, she finishes rather nervously. When you are with me, I own you. You do as I wish when I wish it, or your fate is mine to determine. Uh, I will be your master, owner, and lord. You will see my second, you will see me second only as God. I said, yes, master. She accepts. You will only eat when I tell you to eat. Wear only what I choose for you to wear. You will know this choice because I will have it laid out for you. If nothing is laid out, you will wear only this. I hold up a black letter collar I have not previously introduced. As your slut, your whore, your slave, master. She confirms. So began on that day a four-year relationship. <laughs> uh, two men, one woman. One master, one husband, one slut. And that is the master of chaos and his Amanda Ray. That's the name of that piece is the master of chaos and his Amanda Ray. Can I just go over that end one, once more real quick? I'm just going to go over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut this one line short. This is how this ends. This is word for word. He says, you will eat when I tell you to eat. Wear only what I choose for you to wear. You will know only this choice because I will have laid it out for you. If nothing else is laid out, you will wear only this. And then he holds up a black leather collar that has not been introduced into the story. She says, nothing else. <clears throat> As your slut, your whore, your slave, master. She confirms. And then he says to us, as both the speaker and narrator, so began on that day a four-year relationship. <laughs> oh, master of chaos. Oh, master of chaos. Girls tip me. Fucking pay me. Oh, my God. What else do you want from me? What else can you get from somebody in one evening? Oh, my God. Katya sent in something. Thank you so much, Katya. I very much appreciate you sending this because the project's important. You deserve to continue. Great. Thank you, Jack. Thank you so much. Megan M. says, best I can do, went and reblogged your podcast and mentioned I sip show up. Thank you so much, Megan. Uh, Arlinda says, hey, I wish I could send more, but I got to start somewhere. Thank you so much. No, I appreciate every donation. You're great. 
uh, Micah V, no comment, thank you, Micah. Uh, Imani W, no comment, thank you, Imani. Jody P, thank you for another great show. Thank you so much, Jody. Uh, Linda H, thanks, Jack, for everything you do. Thank you, Linda. Lots of new names tonight. Kelly C, <clears throat> you're doing great tonight, Jack. I'll be listening and doing my part to help this project grow. Thank you so much, Kelly. Sabrina, wonderful show, Jack. You're hilarious. Thank you so much, Sabrina. Uh, that is all, unless you guys are sending in a couple more in these last couple seconds. I certainly wouldn't mind. Thank you very much for everybody who did send something in. I appreciate it. And you, uh, today was one of those days, let me tell you. Let me tell you. But uh, got through it all. It's been a pretty crazy month. It's only halfway over a short month, and I am dead tired. We've got two more podcast episodes. We've got another tip show next Friday. We do have a patron show. It's going to be on a Thursday. I'm sorry for that. It is the short month. And then, of course, we, we had to get started a little bit later this month than normal just because of logistics. Apologies for that. But again, next show right on there uh, on the 10th. Uh, a couple of you people said, hey, you want to get more famous? Do a collab with this person. Do a collab with that person. If you know that person, I'm willing to do collabs. Uh, feel free to tell them that I'm, I'm willing to work. Uh, I don't really know how to make introductions or anything like that. But if you really think it, suggest it to them. I am open. I'm willing to read other people's scripts. As you heard, even when I don't think they're very good, I can, I can, I can kind of fake it for a little bit. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Oh, we got a couple more tips. Jillian J G said nothing. Thank you, Jillian. Uh, Danielle M. Wish I could send more. Thank you for such a great show. Don't even worry about it. Thank you so much for sending a ship at all. Uh, Christine Y. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you, all of you girls who send in money and everything else. I very, 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 very much appreciate you. Thank you for hearing me out and my concerns and my difficulties with the logistics and the project and everything else for the first 15 minutes before we got into the fun. I really, really, really appreciate you guys hearing my concerns and, and my feelings and everything else. Uh, and then sticking around and having a good time. I had a great time tonight. Whatever we do, we will figure out a way to move forward with all this. I'm going to do my best to really keep pushing out as much free uh, and high-quality content as I can going forward. I just can't keep promising it the way that we have, the way we've been going. Fingers crossed. I'll give you guys an update again probably sometime in the next 50 days, much more likely than not, and we'll try and make it work. I appreciate each and every last one of you. Each and every last one of you who's a fan. Everybody who sends anything in. Everybody who tells a friend. Everybody who promotes it on social media. Everybody who comes with a request. Everybody who comes to a live show. Thank you. Really, truly, 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 thank you. Uh, it keeps my spirits up. It's kept my energy going. Um, last bit, uh, as, 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 we probably, as you probably have gathered, I haven't had a drink since New Year's still, so it's about 50 days out. Uh, I have been working out. I have been trying to. I've actually went out and did a nice little walk today. Uh, I, I haven't had any candy. I haven't got any pastries. I haven't. I haven't I, I, I've really been working it as hard as I can. Uh, a big part of this is because my, uh, f frankly, is because I, I want to preserve the project and push it out as much as possible. And I know that if I'm eye, ca eye candy and, and being physical, that that's got a good shot of making it work. Uh, but the other thing that this is to signify is that. <clears throat> Whatever you think, whatever concerns you might have had, especially at the beginning of this show, I just want to say that my energy levels keep improving. Overall, my attitude seems to keep improving on a week-by-week -week basis. My affect, my, my, my desires, my, my hope to do better and grow and improve, uh, that all seems to be on track. 
And so if you are concerned about my health or my well-being, uh, my, my, my psychology, my psyche, am I going to give up? Am I going to stop doing this? Absolutely not. Absolutely never. The, the questions that I was asking at the beginning of this were, were just logistical, difficult questions. And that's hard for me because I do want to make it free. I do want to make the lion's uh, share of work for free for everybody. Those are my favorite content creators. My favorite content creators, when they can, they, they, that's what they do when they're able to. They put out a lot of stuff that's got no entry whatsoever. And I like that about them. And I want to be like that. Uh, whatever goes down or however it works... I will find a way to keep pushing on. If we have to scale the podcast back, if we have to, absolutely last right chance, no matter what we have to do, I promise I'm not going to stop. I'm not feeling defeated. I am feeling a little bit frustrated. I am feeling a little bit, you know, confused emotionally. Uh, But I will get through that. This is not a hard period. This is a stressful period. I know because I just got through a hard period, and this ain't shit. Uh, the 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 power you're hearing in my voice, the ability, the resolve, all of that. Before you conclude, I just want to say it is going to grow, one way or another. I am going to grow it. Uh, I, I I feel very 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 good. About six months ago, I I sent out a little message saying you guys got me through my darkness, and you did. Uh, that was the hard part. That's where I couldn't have cared for myself. That ended about six months ago for sure. Uh, since then, uh, it's 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 been me trying to figure out the best way to move forward and not just, I need you guys, oh my God, I'm going to die. And as I, as I try and process that, as I try and, and, and make good on all the promises I've made and continue to make, thank you for allowing me to do so. Thank you for empowering me to do so. And uh, I, I promise... From the bottom of my heart, I think my best work is still ahead. I think the best stuff. I think the best of all of me is still ahead. And thank you for for being with me at this point. Fingers crossed that you want to see me in the next chapters too. And we all see each other there. Thank you very much. I had a wonderful Valentine's show today. A little bit more structured than last time. But hey, thank you for being my belated Valentine. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I hope whenever you hear this, you have a wonderful week and a wonderful weekend ahead of you. Again, thank you to everybody who has a request. Comes out. It makes the night happen. It makes the night go a a lot better and a lot smoother for me. Puts a big smile on my face. Gives me lots of mojo. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful time. I'll see you next week for the next episode. Thank you very, very much. And this is The Grey Knight signing off.